Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are sort of my journals out loud. And uh, this is not a Friday. It's a Saturday. I did not post yesterday. I'm in conflict about what to post, but we're going to dive in. And you can see from the title, I'm still talking about this want versus don't want. And we're going to factor in what is right and what is wrong. And I talked a little bit about positive and negative, how I don't like those two terms because we sort of associate the positive is right, meaning we're in the right direction or the good direction. Uh, Negative is wrong, bad, don't go that way. And, you know, if you're a wired for danger person, you spend a lot of time on the quote unquote negative, wrong, uh, spectrum, because if you don't step back into that, you can never push through it. And I've been struggling for a while now, you know, how I want to proceed with this. And so I think at this point, uh, you know, I find myself, I'm starting to finally do some shifting within myself. And so these last podcasts have really been breaking down some concrete principles that I'm sort of calling prime energies. I went down a whole rabbit hole with electrical and magnetic principles, which are push-pull-pause, pause is neutral uh, principles. And that will make you crazy because a lot of our, uh, you know, like attracts like is not true in the electric and magnetic world. Like and like repel each other. So there's a whole discussion around that that we are not going to take today. I'm going to put that one on the shelf. But One of the big things that I hit my head against the wall is, you know, as a Wired for Danger person, we are often mission-driven. We are often uh, rushing to do the right thing, whether it's to save a life, whether it's to end tyranny, you know, which we are experiencing right now, whether it is to push out into the storm and collect the firewood and bring it back in to keep your family safe and warm. And we don't think about right or wrong in that crisis moment, which makes it pure and it makes it easy and it makes it a flow state. And it just feels good because you are all of who you are wired to be in that moment of crisis and intense push. But the problem is you can't live there. And we're in a change period. We're at the end of the cycle. We're in a massive cultural upheaval where you have all sides feeling like they are right and every other side feeling like they are wrong and everybody pushing, pulling, and freezing up in the process of all of that. And it's a time that is so intense that, and so fraught with misinformation and illusion, and now we have AI doing all this deep fake stuff. You know, we have the news, quote-unquote news, making up stories. Uh, You know, someone asked me about the Israel thing, and I we don't talk about these things because we have radically different perceptions of reality. And uh, I just said, I don't know, you know, that person was emotionally tied up in a news report about a story and I haven't been watching it. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I also have no idea what's true and what's not true because most people will tell you both sides are lying intensely you know, 40 babies were killed. Uh, You know, well, that wasn't true. I think that actually started with Biden. And I was watching how fast, you know, these ideas fly around the world. And we don't know what's true. And if you don't know what's true or real, how do you know what's right or wrong? And if you don't know what's right or wrong, how do you know what to push into? And so, without having a high degree of righteousness, rage, fury about you are here to do the right thing, you're here to push into all that you don't want to make it be what you do want. I mean, we're wired up for that. And yet 
we're in a moment of time where it's so confusing because there's so many things going on and we don't know what's real and we don't know what's not real and we're in conflict with each other about what's real and there's even more conflict about what we want and what we don't want. And most of us are having a nervous system meltdown because it's just too much. It's too much. You know, I feel that way about even trying to put any information out because there's just too much. Like I and I do this on an internal basis. I don't have such a high degree of righteousness about my understanding of things that I hesitate. I've been hesitating for decades now. You know, when I was 20, I was very righteous in my 20s. I absolutely knew the truth and I was smart and I knew everything. And I was all push, get out the way. And how the older I get, the less I want to push truth out because I'm not even sure what's real and what's true anymore. Uh, And the more information I take in at the five sensory world level, the more confusing it is because I'm hyper aware that one, who knows what's real, and two, how do you sort out a personal agenda with quote-unquote what is real, uh, all the while, you know, for it running in the background for me, have been the spiritual principles of reality. How do we create reality? What are the physics of self and universe of God? Uh, and how do we discern what we're even supposed to be doing here? And all of those things have been, you know, in a soup for a long time. And you know, the more information that comes in, some of it gets sorted out, some of it gets more confused. Uh, and a lot of that, as I have mentioned repeatedly, for me was, all right, that stuff is super confusing. Uh, but I also know as human body in the world, I am responsible at some level for my own survival. What does that mean? And that's been the journey, uh, you know, survival road. I stepped off the spiritual road stepped onto the survival road and asked a serious question. What are we supposed to be doing? Because we live here in the Western world and the First Nations, right? We live in such a way that we have no idea where our food comes from or how it gets to us. We just assume the water is okay. Uh, And for most people, they just flip a switch. They get light, they get hot water, the garage door opens and closes, the car starts, the mail magically shows up. Uh, You know, the city is cleaned, sort of. You know, there's all these humongous systems in place in which we just don't have to think about anything. And many of our parents never thought about anything because all the systems were in place. And now whether we want to or not, as these systems are breaking down, we're starting to think about things And we're all dividing about how we want to respond and what we want to be responsible for as we start to observe the breaking down of things. And some people are freezing up. You know, I don't want to know about it. I just want to live in the bubble. Uh, Some people are running away physically out of the country, physically out into the hills, uh, physically, you know, in their own mind and hyper-focusing on something that they can control. Uh, And sometimes just having to work really hard because they got kids to take care of. They've got a house to take care. I mean, there's a lot to do. So they don't have the time to invest in all these ideas that that most of us here are thinking about. And and then we have some people who are like front and center on the fight. Push, 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 push. Right. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm going to kill you. And all this energy of push, 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 righteous fury, righteous energy about my philosophy, my understanding, my belief is the one, the right one, and you were wrong. And, you know, what's fascinating to me about that, the two push people when you have a divide, is neither one can see that they are exactly like the other person because they're so focused on being right. So you've got two people who are so focused that they are right they are clashing, push, pushing at each other, two opposing forces, like attracts like, right? The two people are in energetically the same place, clashing, 
because they both think that they're right. And there's no understanding that they're looking at a picture of themselves because all they can understand is that they are right. The other person is wrong. And it's such a mess. And, you know, I've been sort of shifting off of this uh, political survival uh, practical stuff for a while and have been, you know, poking back around into people that I used to listen to and principles and ideas I used to think about uh, and trying to make some sense and, you know, questioning, did I get off track? Is there anything I can do of value? What purpose can I serve amidst this craziness? Because I don't know what's right anymore. I only know what I want and what I don't want. And even that is becoming increasingly refined. The more I listen to what people are talking about, the more refined my want and don't want is. The more I am distancing myself from principles I might feel strongly about by looking at who's pushing in that arena, realizing that it's only going to, down the road, become another version of tyranny, but it's going to have a different name. It's going to be an archy, a hierarchy of some sort, whether it's matriarchy or patriarchy or uh, oligarchy or whatever archy you want, it's hierarchy. And you know, one of the things that I'm coming to understand is the masculine energy is very much about hierarchy. And I think the feminine energy is very much not. Uh, we are much more the wave. And it was interesting as I thought about that, I thought that's what a music written uh, music looks like, right? It's a bunch of lines and the music goes up and down. And how the feminine becomes an opposing force to the masculine's need for hierarchy. Uh, you know, I think a strong feminine balances that intense need to divide things uh, as a power, which, you know, I talk about this and it just is too much for, I think, these podcasts. So the point being that, you know, I've been speaking to this idea of want and don't want. And that's what the picture is. I think I, uh, Lil Haven just got up and was pushing at me because she wants to be petted. And I don't want to pet her because she sticks her head over the microphone right now. And so she finally just lay down. And, and you know, when I took that picture, I thought this is a perfect picture of uh, the different, how the dogs are very different and how we as humans are very different. You know, you've got Haven in the little pen. I put them in there, you know, when I need to do things and I can't look at them because uh, she is in constant motion when we're outside. And so she won't sit still. So I have to be able to watch her because she'll just wander off. And um, so she's focused, like, how do I get the F out of here? She doesn't care what I want. All she cares about is what she wants. She doesn't care how she gets out because she's very crafty about uh, how to get out of that thing. Because I didn't tell you the story of what happened with the... <laughs> dog pen sidebar I have it in the back of the truck and somehow it flipped out and was dragging behind my truck uh, thank god I had seen it so I pulled over I put it back in and uh, there was also some cardboard that had gotten lost and so I on the way home I was looking for the cardboard and I see what looks like that black cage out there. And I'm like, well, what is that? So I pull over. Half of the cage had broke off and was on the side of the road. Can you imagine if somebody had been behind me and that thing came flying at you? Uh, and so it's a, it's broke apart in two pieces now. And I haven't wired it up because for the most part, she doesn't push out of it. And yet she's in constant push mode. How do I get out of here? How do I get out of here? Now, she's not wired for danger, but she's all about when, when there's danger, she collapses or she comes to me. She gets very submissive. But she's all push about what she wants. So when I talk about want, don't want, it's all three responses that we use to get what we want or push or use against what we don't want. So anyway, she is all about this is what I want and I don't care what mom wants, me. She doesn't care what I want. She only cares about what she wants. Now, 
the dog, the boy dog, Thor, as you can see, he's looking up at me as I take the picture because he cares about what I want. He doesn't push for what he wants first. He defers to what I want first. And that's what he's doing. What do you want from me? He looks to me for cues about what I want to determine to get what he wants, but he's secondary. And that's such a reflection of who we are as humans. And, you know, he was pretty beat up for a while. The guy who had him was physically abusing him. And so he is much more insecure. He has much more fear uh, about not doing what I want and the repercussions of that. And uh, and to me, it's so interesting because I've never had a a self-confident dog. My dogs have all had a lot of problems. And um, she's the first dog I have had that hasn't had some kind of, you know, thing happen to it that made it weird or was, you know, out of the, you know, genetic kind of problem. And, and, you know, a really good example of that is that if she gets hurt, like we had the super fabulous uh, cactus incident where that was in her mouth, uh, she did not want me causing her pain, but she also trusts me and she allows me to uh, pull it out. I mean, she doesn't run away from me, even though she jerks her head away, which is a normal behavior, which is why it took so long because she would anticipate the jerk. I had to be able to grab the cactus before she, if I could grab the cactus, when she jerked her head away, it would pull. So when they were so tiny and short, that's what ended up taking just hours, you know, trying to get that out of her. And yet she doesn't run away from me. She doesn't pull away from me. She trusts me. He, when he gets the, got the cactus, he freaks out and it's like, he can't get away from me fast enough because he associates pain uh, with not trust. And I think that's such a perfect example of, you know, I'm talking about these basic principles and want and don't want get all mixed up. Uh, you know, we're in a world that wants safety and comfort, we don't want discomfort and being unsafe. And as those things are being taken away from us, as each person realizes they're losing some aspect of their safety and comfort, that creates the waking up to this overarching tyranny. And then the decision, what do I want more, my comfort and safety or my freedom or choice or, you know, being in the group that I feel secure with? And Every experience is dividing us into more uh, separation about what we want and what we don't want. And the loudest, pushiest voices usually dominate, and that's who wins. And, you know, I've talked about this wire for danger thing is that, you know, it's probably two to three percent of the population that are wired this way. I have no idea. But when we look at any kind of revolution, any kind of troublemaker, it's always, you know, between one and 3% that start all the problems. And, you know, one of the reasons I've chosen to speak about this to this group is that we are both. We are the people who cause all the problems, and we are also the people who try to solve the problems. And so to me, it's two sides of the same coin. Uh, you have the criminal and you have the cop, they're both wired the same way. It's just one is causing problems and the other one is trying to solve problems. And we all know, you know, there's criminals with a heart and there's cops who uh, do really bad things. And so it's not about uh, the person. I mean, it's about these energies that are all in this big soup of civilization. And, you know, I have this little tiny four by four area that uh, these dogs are in, and they have two conflicting ideas. One wants to push out, and one wants to push to me, and that is how we spend some of our time walking around, two different directions. And and I'm in the middle trying to uh, point where I want to go, and I have two dogs who want to go in separate directions. It's hilarious when I've got them 
both on the leash and they're both at the ends of the leash, you know, having to go to the bathroom and they're pulling on each other, you know, trying to do their business. And I'm in the middle, you know, trying to keep some containment the because the, uh, we can't go in two directions at one time in opposing directions. And to me, as I'm thinking about all this, it is fascinating that somehow we have collectively come together enough to move in any direction with any cohesive energy at all. It's a miracle. And a lot of that is is because most people aren't thinking about big want. They're thinking about little want. Uh, You know, I just want to go get a job. I just want to go milk the cows. I just want to go wash the clothes. And so their want is very small. They're not thinking about how am I going to get more power? How am I going to take over the banking industry? How am I going to start a war so I can really start to make a lot of money? Most of us aren't thinking about that kind of stuff, but it's all the same energy. Want and don't want, push, pull, pause. In this huge soup of somehow us all being at the same place at the same time. But, you know, one of the things I think is so difficult about right now is that that soup is all storm. There is no calm and there won't be calm for a very long time. And when we think as a wire for danger person, you know, stepping back, what am I fighting for? Because I don't want to fight to get into another version of the world I don't want. Uh, I don't want to fight and die for a system I don't believe in. I also don't want to get swept away by the problems caused by what you know, the people who are pulling the strings want and the problems that they've created, you know, opening the border, you know, crashing the money, spending uh, insane amounts of money as they print while the rest of us, you know, are drowning. I mean, these, you know, I can't even look at most of these things that are happening anymore because there's no justice in any of them. Uh, And, you know, one of our core things as Wire for Danger is justice. Most of us have a very strong justice drive. And not all humans have that. And when you have that and others don't have that, it's very confusing. How can you not care? But if everybody had a super strong push justice get out the way energy, I mean, everybody would be at war all the time, which is why I think there's only a tiny percentage of us because, again, we cause all the problems, but we also push to fix them. But we're not good at management. And so when you have uh, Wire for Danger people in leadership roles where things are calm, they get bored and they stir things up. And so it is a very... Uh, I don't want to say fragile. It's a very dynamic energy, you know, that is in constant motion. And there's the appearance of times that are calm. And there's the appearance of times that are intense and chaotic. Uh, And most of that has been individual. You know, we all have things happen in our lives. Everybody has good times and bad times, intense chaotic times and periods of calm. And that's just the cycles, right? We cycle in and out of issues. I call them crucibles. You know, we have these big things that happen to us and it's a cycle before, during, after, and then a post where I think is where you do the most intense work. But we're in this huge collective crucible. Uh, And I also believe, you know, we're at the end of a great big cycle. And, you know, more and more idea energy is coming out of this concept of thinking in cycles. And you know, one of the things that makes the most sense to me is that as we are closing out this like 12,000 year cycle, although there's a bunch of different cycles, 26,000, 100 and something thousand. So there's a lot of cycles and we don't really 
totally understand all this, but there's a concept. We see, we have cycles of uh, the moon. We have cycles of seasons. We have cycles of 24 hours. So it's not an unknown concept, but most of us think about life and our experience in a linear way. We don't think about it as a cycle. You know, reincarnation talks about recycling. You know, you're living over and over. And But I think what's happening right now, this is the thing that makes the most sense to me, is that we're in the end of a big cycle, a 12,000-year cycle, whether, you know, there's a catastrophe at the end of it, or there's a war, or there's a plague, or, you know, all of the above. One of the reasons it's so intense right now is that we're coming to the end of something, and there's always an intensity around that before it's over and then you have to rebuild. And we haven't hit the peak yet. And a lot of the underlying anxiety, I think that's so prevalent, named or unnamed, the uncertainty, that fear is this push energy of the cycle itself. You know, I talk about push-pull-pause as if it's just happening to us, but it's also happening around us. You know, a storm pushes in unwanted, right? Uh, Especially, you know, if you're in a little trailer that's bouncing around, especially if you're on the street, uh, you know, trying to find protection from the rain. Uh, You know, there's push-pull-pause in nature. Uh, You know, there's push-pull-pause in the the galaxy, in the universe, you know, everything is in motion. Everything is having energy, energy around it. Uh, and, you know, the, the language of vibration and frequency and all that kind of stuff, it never really worked for me until I started to break it down in my own mind as something I could feel. And maybe that's just my way because I, I, navigate through the world, not by what you say, but how I feel, because I've talked about for so long, most human, what's going on within them does not match what's going on without, with, around them. Meaning they're thinking and feeling one thing, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, and they're often saying or doing something very different. And when you're young, you don't understand that and you just get into trouble all the time. I never knew what to react to. I don't react to what you're thinking and feeling or react to what you're saying and doing. And that was part of the learning curve. It's like, how do you, what do you know to respond to? You know, that's the beauty of animals. Their energy and their actions are all lined up. You know, Haven has no shame and no guilt about the fact that she wants what she wants, period. Uh, You know, the dog is under some degree of conflict, the boy dog is under some degree of conflict because he subverts what he wants to divert to what I want. You know, his coping through the world is how to please me. Her is how to please herself. And, and it, but it's very simple. It's constant. It's not this big, you know, oh, you know, I was beat up and now I'm a victim. You know, it was, it's like, this is how I survive in the world. Uh, and for her, this is how I survive in the world. And when she wants me to help her, she comes in and trusts me to help her. And so it's, it's really just this big soup because it's not just what we want and what we don't want. Uh, everything around us is in push-pull-pause intensely. And the more sensitive you are to that, I think the more disruptive and overwhelming it is. And and I, like so many of you, am looking around and still asking that question, but what is right? What is true? I will, I will subvert some of what I want to go along with enough people to do the right thing. But in this moment, it's hard to tell what is the right thing when you don't even know what's true and what's real. And we are teaching children to go against every normal impulse. You know, a child does not want to be sexual. They are repulsed by it. They are, they cry, they fuss. But the dominant parent, right, or the adult 
who's more push than the little child will push and and make that child you know shut down shut up and you know there are children who will push back my favorite story about that is uh, when my dad was spanking me one time I don't remember what I did but he you know he hit me on the rump I think he had a wooden spoon and I looked right at him and I said that didn't hurt well, let's just say the next one did, right? Because I am a fighter. I'm pushed back. Screw you. You didn't hurt me. And, and, you know, so some children have natural fight in them, but culture and society does its best to squash it. And some of us, you know, are damaged in some ways. You know, I have areas where I collapse in the face of what I don't want. Uh, and then most of the areas, I am righteous and fighting for what I do want, which is to save, to rescue, to do the right thing. And, you know, how do you do the right thing when you don't even know who's real and what's real anymore? And so we're seeing more and more craziness, more and more confusion. And so, you know, I find myself pulling myself back in and questioning, what is the right thing to do? How do you know what's right? And so when I talk about want or don't want, the simple things I get, right? I want the, the you know, I want to be able to eat. I want to be able to drink water. I want to be able to have some kind of shelter. Uh, you know, these are simple things, but they only can exist within some cooperation at the more complex level larger level and you know legally in at least in America things like water shelter and food are so heavily regulated I don't legally have the freedom to do what I want to take care of myself to survive uh, you know there's all kinds of craziness going on you know some guy had a pond a puddle of water on his property that he was collecting harvesting the water and the city or the county or state or whatever came in and said, you can't do that. That water's not yours. We own the water. You're not allowed to collect it. Uh, you know, the, the insanity level is off the charts. Uh, you know, we have all these rules around hunting. We have rules around fishing. We have rules around pasteurization of food. We have rules about what can be sold and where it can be sold. You know, we've regulated and created laws about survival that are not about what we want. They're about how, do, how can we be right and how can I make you wrong so that I can control you, which then, of course, ignites all of the righteousness within those of us who are push people. Don't tell me what to do. I will fight back. And how now, if you fight back, it's not justice it's imprisonment. Uh, you know, there was a line in a show I was watching, and, and the, the, the cop guy said, I'm not in the right or wrong business. I'm in the legal and illegal business. And I thought, well, that's a better way to think about justice, what's legal and what's illegal, except when you're in a justice system that puts you in prison, even if you're doing something that's a constitutional right guaranteed. So, we're just in this really super crazy place and it's very difficult to know what is real and what's not real and how to navigate and what to put your energy into. And so the easiest thing that I had found through all of this was just to step back. Okay, well, how do I survive it? How do I get through whatever this is to get on the other side where things kind of rebuild. Uh, and then we have this idea, or I had this idea introduced that, oh no, this is a, this is a catastrophic ending to the cycle. There is no, you know, we're, there's only going to be a small percentage of people that are going to survive and everybody else is going to die in this great cataclysm. And, you know, I don't know if that's true or not true. I think the evidence lends itself towards it. But it really rattled me. It shook me. And I had one of those moments that I have very rarely had where I just, uh, you know, had this, oh, like it felt, it, it 
resonated within me and in a way that in the past that always meant it was going to come true whether I wanted it or not. I don't personally want the whole planet to get creamed. It's really scary, but it's shifted. Like, what do you do when you know that this cycle is going to end? What do you do? I remember thinking, what's the point of worrying about uh, any kind of family heirlooms if it's all going to get destroyed? What's the point of worrying about cleaning up the mess, you know, on this property, if it's all going to get destroyed. I mean, it really shifted how I looked at things. Uh, And it didn't factor into want or didn't want. It factored into, it wasn't even right or wrong. It's just what is true and what is not true. And do I want to push at it? Because I can't fight the galactic wave of energy coming at us. You know, I can't fight the sun. I can't, I mean, I could fight to survive, but you know, based on the numbers, I'd be so old, it would be no point. And at this point, I'm too old. I mean, if you only have a tiny fraction of the world surviving, you want to keep people that can procreate. You don't need older people except for their wisdom. And it just shifted everything away from what's right or wrong, even away from what's true or not true, uh, But the want and the don't want isn't how do I survive? It's like, what do I want to do with the time I have left? How do I want to spend this time? And that was that that was before things had escalated to the point they are now. And what's scary is that we're not even at the peak yet. I mean, we're getting closer because time is moving so quickly. But how do you navigate all of this, not really knowing what's real, what's true, what's right, what's wrong, what I want, what I don't want, and what all of those things have in common. If you take the energy out, is that it's all sifting and sorting. It's all about the best we can do is choose. Okay, that I will listen to, that I won't. That makes sense to me, that doesn't. This I'll put energy into, that I won't put energy into. That the one thing that all of us have in common, regardless of anything that's going on out and around us, is this simple sifting and sorting. And so when we can take the labels even of right or wrong, want or don't want, uh, good or bad, positive or negative, the consistency is that we're sorting. We're sorting things out. What do I want to hold on to? What do I want to let go of? And, you know, I've been there for a while now. I just haven't been able to take action on it because I've been stuck in what is right. Like, And am I crazy? Am I imagining things? If I say, okay, it makes sense to me that we're at the end of a great big cycle and there's going to be a catastrophe. Well, nobody really wants that to be true. And if it was true and if everybody knew it, just think how crazy things would really get. Uh, But it still, but it, it, it shifted something into me like it was a different way to sort. Because the sorting wasn't about what physical things I could hold on to. The sorting was about what would I want to move forward through to the next cycle? Because we couldn't bring every single thing that we've invented, but we could bring the information about how principles work, how to build power stations, how to heal, you know, how to grow food. It stopped being about sorting through all the physical things I've gathered. And it started to be focused on what is the wisdom and the skill set that I would take forward with me. And so the sorting out for me became different. But, you know, I've been stuck into some of this, you know, what is right, what is wrong, uh, where can I be safe? Because it's really difficult in this sea of massive chaos 
to not be swept away by all this information, all this energy of crashing, conflicting wants and don't wants. And so I thought when I took that picture, uh, you know, I I was holding the, the camera, oh, you know, the little phone camera over them, kind of waiting for them to both look at me and be cute. But then I realized that is the perfect set. That's the perfect picture to describe how there are not two of us that are completely 100% focused on wanting exactly the same thing in exactly the same way. And, you know, I have said this for decades. There's no two consciousnesses, minds, belief systems that are in 100% alignment with anybody else. Like we are all having an extremely individual and unique perceptual belief experience within this body and world. And because we don't recognize that, we spend all this energy fighting against what we think is wrong or we don't want. And when we do recognize it, the conflict doesn't go away because we want different things. You know, and there's that Bible uh, quote, the verse that says, you know, two or more gathered in my name. Uh, But it's really when the power of two align both with focusing and intention on what they want, that power increases. But when you have two opposing forces, you push away. And it just goes back to these extremely simple principles of push-pull-pause, of uh, wanting and not wanting, wanting pull towards me, not wanting pushing away from me. And most fight people are fighting against what they don't want instead of fighting for what they do want because it's so difficult to make that mental, emotional shift within yourself. And as we close out, because you know most of us are over uh, 40 or 50 that are listening to this, as we close out this cycle of our life, you know, it's very normal to think about, well, what do I want? What did it have meaning? Did I do what I came here to do? Do I feel good about the life I've lived? Are there things left unsaid, undone, unexplored? You know, we reflect, we sort out our past to decide what we want to do with the time we have left. You know, when we think about all of this push-pull-pause within these big cycles, it's hard, especially as a wire for danger person, to not get stuck at the concept of what is right, what's the correct answer. And most push people are so focused on their right and righteousness that I have to caveat that. So most, almost all push people are very focused on their what's right. Uh, the, the opposing force is not a wire for danger person. You know, those who we would say are evil and in charge, they are not, for the most part, wire for danger people. They are freeze flight people coming from great insecurity, using power and control to avoid being responsible. So they need to control everything around them to feel safe and push people fight people feel safe within and they're pushing against someone trying to control them. So, oh, I lost my thought. I got off on that. So, uh, but anyway, the point being is that when you're super focused on what is right, you feel justified and that begins to take a life of its own. Uh, It's very difficult to step back and question, well, what is right? Uh, And we are in a moment where the push of righteousness is escalating because the fear is escalating because the clarity of what we don't want is growing. And that's good. I don't want the border overrun. I don't want famine. I don't want poison food and poison water and poison air. 
I don't want children mutilated and abused. I mean, these are good things. But it's also chaotic and loud and overwhelming. And uh, and the energy is very intense when you can feel it all around you. And it's escalated, I think, by this idea that we are closing out a great big cycle. Uh, And the best, I think, in many ways that we can really do is think is to find a way to make peace and move forward in a way that makes sense for us. And, uh, you know, I have gotten stuck in not wanting to talk about a lot of things because I don't know if I'm right. And listening to so many people who are convinced they are right. And I think, well, that's not my understanding. But yet, their push is very powerful and their push is swaying a whole bunch of people who don't feel comfortable pushing back in the same way that the boy dog wants to be safe. So he will defer to what I want, even if I picked him up and I jumped off a cliff. The girl dog would probably wiggle and fight me. Uh, And uh, as we got closer to the cliff, I would win because I could physically dominate her. But she has enough independent thought to know I don't want to jump off that cliff. His fear is greater. So he would defer to me. And so I'm kind of swimming around in a lot of different ideas and a lot of different energies just to sort of hopefully bring you with me in this process, in this journey, that the sifting and sorting is less about the event or the detail and more about the energy itself. If we can take this amazing, unique, rare moment in time in which our spirit and soul has come into this experience there's an opportunity for massive learning. But I think the real sorting is less about the detail. You know, this gun versus that gun. This diet nutrition plan versus that diet nutrition plan. This political system versus that political system versus the ability to look at all of these things and step enough away in the observer role and sort out where we are energetically within all of this, where we are pushing, where we are pulling, where we are freezing up. I mean, that's the real work of why our spirit is here. Not glamorous, not sexy, has nothing to do with money, nothing to do with uh, children or being married or... uh, you know, being a politician and running the world or being a successful CEO has nothing to do with any of this stuff. Every single person is here with the same skill set. But the only difference is, is whether we're recognizing it and using it as an experience to refine our capacity to understand ourselves and how, you know, powerful we are versus being swept away because we're not ready to look at it. And it doesn't mean pushing. It means understanding, like the gambling saw, there's a time to hold them and there's a time to fold them uh, and there's a time to bluff, you know, and there's a time to push forward because you know you have a winning hand. It's not right or wrong. It's not even defined in want or not want as we at an ego level understand. But no matter what philosophy or ism or archy or whatever you have, gender, race, religion, institutional affiliation, ite, you know, ism, whatever little tiny thing, boy, girl, human, non-human you put yourself into, the essence that we all share the girl dog is in motion again, 
is what we are doing with our own energy energy system as push pull pause are we using it for what is right are we fighting against what is wrong are we using it to get what we want are we using it to avoid what we don't want and the power of reducing it isn't that you get everything you want and the world is perfect and you're safe and comfortable it's that you're understanding yourself at such a core prime level that what you can build from there is the the magical beautiful creative thing but until you cut out all the noise and understand it at that simplistic core level which is really what we see animals do they don't spend any time on this they just are in full alignment within themselves you know the human dilemma is we are completely out of alignment once you can sync up your awareness of your push pull pause then you can use that much more intentionally and consciously but right now who even knows what's true and what's not true i have my own evolving theories on where all this is going but i just wanted to speak to this again i know i'm kind of you know beating it over the head and uh, a lot of it's just me trying to sort out how to manage all of this because again there's so much noise if you get swept away in the ideas that others have and the details of what's true and what's not true and the con the conflict about what's right and what's not right and even you know the sorting of want and don't want it's extremely tiring trying to keep up with all of it and so you know sometimes we can be in it and sometimes we need to pull back from it and that's normal and that's good and that's healthy so we cannot stay and push 24/7365 uh we can spend too long there in the same way we can freeze up we can spend a whole lifetime being frozen in a fear it takes so much courage to move out of your default nervous system response uh and i believe you know we are here to learn and courage is an awesome process or experience within this process itself so Uh with that the dogs have activated the sun is trying to come up it's a brand new day and i'm so glad you're here and i will see you next time